Among the major concerns government and industry face is finding enough specialists to safeguard key IT systems. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com and Information Security Media Group. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Patrick Gorman. He's a principal at the management consultancy Booz Allen Hamilton and former associate director of national intelligence. Welcome, Patrick. Good morning. One estimate being bantered about is that America faces a shortage between 10,000 and 30,000 IT security specialists in government and in industries that support our critical IT infrastructure. Are those numbers right? How would you characterize the current state of the cybersecurity workforce in the United States? The numbers you're referring to, I think, came of a CSIS study that was released about a month ago. I'd say, if anything, those numbers are understated. I think the demand is much higher than probably the twenty or 30,000 they're talking about, and because you have to think about this is not just in support of the government sector, but it's also in support of financial services, energy, and the whole commercial sector that's out there. If you look at the trends that we've seen lately, really since the dot-com crash, I mean, the number of computer scientists graduating from uh, colleges with a bachelor's degree have been really cut in half. They used to be about 16,000 a year. They're about 8,000 a year now. Not only are we not producing enough, but we've been going the wrong direction for about the last eight to ten years. Does the dearth of IT security specialists in government and key industries mean our IT infrastructure is at great risk? When people start talking about cybersecurity, a lot of people like to focus on things like staying up the cyber command, things that DHS has been doing, for example, or, or say building new facilities and, and all these things that are really interesting and they consume quite a bit of resources. But the foundation of all this is human capital. If we don't have the human capital in place, all the other stuff is not going to work. We're not poised right now to create the, the number of people with the right skill sets that we need to really support the needs we're going to have not only within government, but as I said earlier, within the commercial sector as well. It is the most critical piece of cybersecurity, so it's not just an appendage to it. Why is the human element the most important? As much technology is put into this, it's going to be the, the humans that are doing the architectures, they're doing the monitoring, they're doing the incident response. At the end of the day, we can't build, the technology is not going to save us in cybersecurity. It's going to be about the people who are on the front lines working these issues, doing the forensics, designing the secure systems, monitoring the intrusion detection systems, all these types of things. And it's going to take people with high skill sets, and it's going to take us probably five or ten years to really develop the cadre that we're going to need if we're going to have secure cyberspace. Looking at the current situation, how much are we at risk because we don't have sufficient number of IT security specialists working for government and industry? We're at risk because we just don't have we don't have enough people to do the job. I think it's just it's just an operational gap. And I think the other thing that happens is that everybody's in competition for the same talent. At the end of the day, even though we may have eight to ten thousand people that we consider to be cybersecurity specialists in the country, even now that fraction there's probably twenty five percent of them that are kind of world class, the type of few that really need to work on the hard problems. And we need much more than that. If you think about the global IT industry, it's a four trillion dollar industry. So the amount of numbers that we're talking about are almost a rounding error when you look at the amount of money you can spend each year in IT. So I think there's a significant gap. And what does that mean to our IT systems today? It Obviously, I think it puts us at risk. The biggest challenge that most companies are facing that are in this space, uh, again, whether they're supporting government or whether they're securing their own systems, is going out and finding that talent. And it's finding talent with the skill sets that you need. I mean, there are people that have worked this stuff. I think as the CSIS report uh, pointed out, it's not clear that the current certification program is serving as well as knowing that what we're getting and the skill sets that we're getting are applicable to the environment that we face today. So a lot of the certifications were developed 10 or 15 years ago, and I would argue that the cybersecurity challenge has evolved quite a bit since then. As you pointed out, there are fewer graduates with the kind of skills that we need. 
you know, there's always been a question about the science and math skills of American students that are going to feed into colleges. The government and private industry, including the CSIS, are trying things such as a cyber challenge where there, there is great enthusiasm, but there were only 16 people there. And, uh, you know, yeah. and, you know, and even if, if you go a year from now, you may have a few hundred, but that's, you know, really nothing compared to what is needed. So what do we do? In 1958, when the Soviet Union launched Sputnik into space, the United States responded, and they responded very quickly with the National Defense Education Act. It was really recognizing that we were really pretty far behind, and we were kind of surprised the Soviet Union was so far ahead in science and technology. The government moved out smartly, and they moved out quickly, and they put substantial resources into building up our science, technology, engineering, and mathematics foundation in this country, and I think it had several benefits. One, all these direct benefits to the space program and the national security, but indirect benefits to the nascent IT industry that was coming out of Silicon Valley and out of Boston at the time. We're going to have unintended consequences of this, and if it's done right, there are good unintended consequences, and that's building up our, our STEM foundation in this country. I think it's going to take something of that order of magnitude, because as you said earlier, when you're talking 16 or 20 or 50 people involved in some of these things, you know, we need thousands of people involved in these things, not dozens. And so the order of magnitude needs to adjust. Now, I would say with CNCI-8, which is the money that the government put into education and training around cybersecurity, it's a great start, but I think that's a down payment on where we really need to go. I see a couple of things that are different today than existed then. One is with Sputnik, there was a great fear because it was during the height of the Cold War that Russia would take, or Soviet Union would take advantage of space to attack us. And there was that kind of fear. And there was also sort of a national pride. I think people recognize cybersecurity is a important issue, especially people who understand it. But I don't know whether the public is there yet to provide the backing that Congress might need or the administration might need to promote these kinds of programs. I think the way to kind of approach these programs, though, is not to sell it out of fear. I think that the way you sell these things is out of opportunity. If we put more emphasis into science, technology, and engineering, and mathematics, both from K-12 through and the university level, we're going to get benefits that are not related to cybersecurity. So I, I think this is a larger opportunity. Not only do we solve the cybersecurity issue, but I think we build up a foundation that's going to really provide the economic growth for us into the 2020s. I wouldn't approach it from fear. I'd approach it from an opportunity perspective. What's your plan? What should we be doing? One, as I said earlier, I think there's several bills in Congress now. I mean, everybody recognizes this. There's nothing new here. People, I think, are underestimating the size that we really need to build out. You know, what we're going to have to do is figure out what's the right number of graduates we really need. So we have all these anecdotes. We need maybe twenty or 30,000 cybersecurity professionals. I don't know if it's that. Maybe it's 50,000. But I think we've got to figure out kind of what it is. And I think we have to put the money from the federal government into basically a scholarship program and building on existing programs through the National Science Foundation and through the Information Sharing Scholarship Program that's run by DOD. We have the channels. We have the mechanisms in place. I think it's just a matter of sizing this and then increasing the amount of funding for this. And the universities, I think, are kind of in place with these academic centers of excellence that have been set up over the last 10 or 12 years. A lot of this stuff's in place. It's just a matter of putting resources into it. So that's part one. I think part two is the private sector's got to step up. One of the things that we did within Booz Allen is create a cyber university to take a lot of our existing staff and train them in cyber and cybersecurity and to give them skill sets that we couldn't necessarily get from universities or existing vendors. So we had to kind of custom make some of this stuff. So the private sector has to make investments as well. This, this is just not a federal government issue. And obviously state and local has responsibilities as well. So it's going to take a partnership of industry and government to come together because it's in all of our interests to build up a 
not only the capacity, but the skills that we need. So, again, we're not retraining people five or ten years down the road when we should have got it right the first time. The CSIS report dealt with the occupational classifications the government should adopt for cybersecurity, and many of them sounded like traditional IT jobs, including programmers. Are we at a point where we really need to redefine what a cybersecurity specialist or cybersecurity professional is? I think that's absolutely right, and that's what we did internally. We had the classic division of people who had infrastructure, telecom backgrounds, uh, who knew networks. We had the people that knew applications, and we had people that knew how to do programming. And, you know, so it's the, it the classic way of thinking about this. Then we had people that had information operations background. What we saw was that we really needed a meld of all that stuff, and we need to put together curriculum. Everybody got trained at a certain level, and then they could specialize beyond that, and then you had a beginning, intermediate, advanced capabilities. We have to step back and we think what is cyber and what is cyberspace and what skills do we need to operate within cyberspace to secure it and so that we use it to our advantage as opposed to suffering from the downside of it. And I don't think it's just a matter of rejigging the existing occupational codes. I think it's a matter of recasting and rethinking what a cyber operator is. Are the most critical skills still technical skills? Well, I think you can't do this job without technical skills. Even if you're an international affairs major and you're looking at the policy implications and treaty issues and all the other things that are going on in cyberspace, you still have to understand how the Internet works, backbone networks, fiber optic cables, you know, the technical protocols, because you can't go in and have discussions if you don't understand that stuff. It's the equivalent if you're negotiating strategic arms reduction talks in the 1970s. You had to understand ICBMs, throw weight, nerves. I mean, you had to have a technical basis to have that discussion. And I don't think you can get away playing in this space without having a strong technical foundation. It doesn't mean that that's what you would do your day-to-day job, but you really have to know this stuff. What do you see as the biggest obstacle for this nation to achieve the needed number of cybersecurity specialists in the next five years? It's a matter of how do you turn this thing around that quickly so the class of 2015 has, instead of 8,000 computer science graduates or, or you know, cyber specialists, let me kind of broaden the uh, definition of this, that we're turning out 20,000. And I think we have to start reaching out to people in high school now to get them excited about this. I think there's a public awareness campaign that not only can you make money and, and do well in this career field, but it's actually very interesting. You're not going to be stuck in some cubicle coding and, and not have a social life. It's a dynamic, interesting field, and we just need to get the message out that this is something that if you're 17, 18 years old, that you should be very interested in. Is there a concern that we're producing enough from elementary up to high school students who have the kind of math and science skills needed to go into this field? We do an intern program every year here. We do a cyber intern program. So we run 80 to 100 students through that we get from different universities. So I know I went into this with, well, these people probably don't have the right skill sets because these are, you know, sophomores and juniors. At this point, they probably don't have the right skill sets that we're looking for. And we've been pleasantly surprised. I think our schools are doing a better job than a lot of us give credit for. At least my experience has been maybe we just got lucky picking really good interns. Their skill sets and their analytic capabilities are actually quite high. I think we have the right foundation. I think it's just a matter of channeling people into these programs and for industry to understand that they have a role in this too, and they're going to have to make some investments as well. This can't just be a federal government-supported initiative. So I think we'll get there. But I think we have to move out now, and I think we have to have a plan. They're putting one together, and they've kicked off some initial meetings around this, around what they call the NICE program, which is programs that basically build up not only awareness but cybersecurity education with the Department of Education, 
and building the federal workforce through OPM and then doing the workforce training and development through DHS and DOD. I'm optimistic that we're getting the right programs in place. We're getting leadership in place to do this. The question is, is are we going to move in a matter of months, or is this going to take us years to get these programs underway? And if that's the case, then instead of the class of 2015, we're talking about the class of 2020. How optimistic are you? I would say pretty optimistic. Programs in place. We're seeing leadership around this. Obviously, increasing the resourcing of this. And Congress is taking an interest. And in, in almost all the legislation that I've seen, there's some element of education and training in it. So I think everybody recognizes that this is a key part of how we're going to secure the country going forward. Thank you very much for spending some time with us, Patrick. Okay. Thanks. I've been speaking with Patrick Gorman, principal at the management consultancy Booz Allen Hamilton and former associate director of national intelligence. Thanks for listening.